with more sprites than a soft drink factory. It's the This Gameware podcast with me, Chris, and... Me, Ashley. That rhymed. Was that on it purpose? didn't say it. Uh, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Your face says no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just wanted to reference sprites, and I, I was really trying to think of a way to reference sort of into sprites, and the best I could come up with was uh, soft drinks. So that nah, works. Yeah, it works. They thank haven't you. axed that one. Not yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's the other one, isn't it? It's, as of, I mean, listen to us, it's like Mock the Week, isn't it? Or if I've got news for you. Yeah, soft drinks yeah. gone. Or the Daily Mail. Yeah, probably. Is it Lilt? Once I love, yeah, Lilt. Lilt's gone. It's Fanta Ta- now. Yeah. Remember Fanta- the old days when you could get a Lilt and some opal fruits? <laughs> all right, Peter K. <laughs> Are you all right? Good start. Yeah, I'm good. You've already asked me that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm all over the place. Are you all right? You had a good yeah. weekend. You had a busy week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all I, right, had, yeah. I know all the answers because I've already I, asked you. I had some Lilt. I had some, had some opal fruits. I, I had a marathon. Nice one. A, a how about you? Bar. Do they exist? I think they exist. Yeah, they a do. lion? I think they exist as well. They Rolos? Do. Oh, God. I'm not very good at this game. <laughs> These are all... I mean, if anyone's listening outside of the UK, they're not going to know what the hell I'm on about. No. Because all of those are just UK-based, I think. UK sweets. Although everything's everything's available on the internet these days, aren't they? <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Profound. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> you got any? You got any other stunning uh, chat before we? No. Have you? We just go for it. Should we go in early? No. Yeah. Let's go deep. I didn't go... even have any in the first place. Let's go hard, then go home. What's right, the game this week? It's this game where your character has a unique name. It's set in the Caribbean and it's inspired by a ride. Now, eagle-eyed or eagle-eared fans may recognise this is the same blurb as episodes 45 and 99. I, I know what it is. Yeah, but... What's the problem? I just wish you'd put more effort into your blurbs, that's it. No, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a consistency, there's a theme into the blurbs. Yeah, it's, I know. It's the trilogy. Yeah, but they they didn't just make the same game over and over again, did they? No, they didn't. And no. And is your point that I've just done the same blurb over and over again? Yeah. All right. Point taken. Excellent. It's uh, Curse of Monkey Island. Presumably. It is. It is Curse of yeah. Monkey Island. But you'll be pleased to know, I can't do this anymore because I've not played fourth, the fourth, the fifth, or the sixth game. So uh, this will that battle I'll have to pass to you for for bringing those I have to the played podcast. Them all. Yeah, yeah, I have. And also, um, and I know it's going to annoy you, uh, you know you keep chastising me for the weight of frameworks I'm putting into the podcast, like the multiples of 10 and the Sonic oh, and Month. <laughs> so, what are you introducing now? Is it pi- Talk Like a Pirate Day? No, no, I've, I've done is, this. It is, isn't it? I've, I've slipped this under the radar without you realising, and I think it's time to come <sighs> clean with this being the last time I'm doing a Monkey Island game. It's that I've done, um, I did Monkey Island 2 in March last year, and I did Monkey Island oh 1 in February last year. I've, I've kind of done it as like a way to, to start the year each year, and, and you'd not noticed, so I thought I, I'd fess I up. Think, I think you might need to, um, you know, have a, a, a bit of a checkup. I like order. Yeah. Yeah, I I know. Yeah. You like that... order. You're scared of change. Yeah, and without order it's chaos. Yep. Right. Curse of the Monkey Island. It is Curse of Monkey Island, which I'm very excited about. Good. I'm glad yeah. for you. Right. Curse of Monkey Island is a late 1997 PC point-and-click adventure game, and it's the sequel as I've already said to 1990s Monkey Island 1, or is it the secret of Monkey Island the first one? 
Yes, it is. Secret, yeah. Return. And Monkey Island 2 in 1991, which I think was Monkey Island 2, LeChuck's Revenge. Yeah. Kurt- yeah. But... So, yes. Yeah, it doesn't have a it doesn't have a beginning bit, does it? No, one? it doesn't. Uh, but this game was done without the team that created both those games, which I'll talk about in a couple of minutes. This game is yeah. was PC only, and then for some reason I couldn't find out why it was ported to the Mac in 2018. Why? Why wouldn't they? Well, t- t- 21 years after the fact. Oh yeah, everyone, it's uh, it's a game you're waiting for on the Mac, Curse Monkey Island. Hey. Absolutely. I think good old games, they tend to do uh, things like that. that. So is it, a, is it a good old games release, maybe? It, or... it is available on good old games and Steam at the time of recording. So yeah, you may well be right. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Well, And Steam. Steam, um, Steam tend to try and offer things on Mac as well, don't they? Well, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. There's multiple reasons. You don't need to know them. That's me back in my box then, isn't it? So... The original games were developed by, or written, directed, whatever, by Ron Gilbert, Tim Schafer, and David Grossman. And I got into my head that by the time... Is it David? Or is it Dave? Uh, I think it's either or. I think he tends to credit himself as Dave, doesn't he? Oh, uh, Dave Grossman. Yeah, now you said that, you might be right. Well, my apologies to Mr. Grossman. You should call people what they want to be called. All right, Dave then. Yeah. I'm talking of chastising you. Yeah. Admonishments. (laughs) Admonishments. <laughs> um, I, to be honest, I've been a right grizzler. Oh, that's not the right word. Uh, grump. I'll go for grump because it's is a better word, right? Yes, please. Um, this weekend, I think Hannah's probably had enough of me. Right. So yeah, that's going to be moaning about. That's going to spill stuff. over into this, is it? <clears throat> I'll try and tamp it down. Yes, please. Although maybe I should just get it all out with you, and no. then Hannah gets the best of me. No, yeah, I'll do that. Sort your hair out. That's fine, thank Cut you. Cut your nose, hair. Mm. Brush your teeth. I'd got into my head that Ron Gilbert, Tim Schafer, and Dave Grossman had left LucasArts acrimoniously after number two, um, and that they also went on record multiple times as saying that this game, the third one, because it's done without their involvement, that they went on record several times as saying they really didn't like this game at all. But I couldn't find any evidence for that at all. And in fact, I found an interview with Ron Gilbert in 2008 where he said that Curse of Mankind is great and that they captured the humour and feel of Monkey Island well. Uh, apparently, well, not apparently, at the time of the development, which this started developing development in mid to late 1996, Ron Gilbert actually left LucasArts by this point, and Tim Schafer was deep in development of Grim Fandango. So I think actually they just weren't interested in revisiting Monkey Island. So there you go. If anyone has any um, evidence for them having slammed Monkey Island 3 at all, then uh, let us know on social media, please, because I think I might have made it up. So I'm not obviously not uh, as prepared for this episode as you are for obvious reasons, but um, my understanding is that they they didn't give up on Monkey Island three. They wanted to make Monkey Island three, and LucasArts told them that they weren't able to because of the sales of Monkey Island two. Oh, okay. Um, then they all left and moved on to other projects, and then Monkey Island three came about out of uh, nowhere. And they they at that point said that they didn't endorse the making of Monkey Island Three and didn't um and didn't believe that it should be made because right. they weren't involved and the story wasn't going to be the story that they how they envisioned it. Um Rod and Gilbert has 
I think out of the three of them, always been the most cagey about talking about it. And he has said things like he will never divulge what the intentions were for Monkey Island 3 because mm-hmm. of, the, of the situation and how it shook out. I, at the same time, think that that, that sits hand in hand with what you've uh, discovered him saying in 2008 in so much as I think it was coupled with like a goodwill towards all yeah game developers um and it was really LucasArts that they had the the issue with rather than the team that made Curse of Monkey Island I'm surprised to hear that that quote was from 2008 because I thought that he played it for the first time on a stream a lot more recently than that oh okay like, actually streamed himself playing oh, it oh wasn't that during like lockdown I, or something I thought it was, but I could be, I could well be wrong because I didn't watch the stream if it happened. He definitely yeah, streamed himself think... playing the first one during lockdown. It was yeah. raising money for some charity. I thought that he played it for the first time very recently. Right. I didn't. And, and I thought that he was on record as having said that he didn't have any interest in playing it and that it wasn't on, it wasn't part of the canon. Well, but he he did say that um, at, at some point in the interview, he said that the plot of number three was very different to what he had planned. So f- famously, Monkey Island 2 ends on a very um, unusual ending with um, two children in a theme park. And it, it ends in a very obscure, abstract way, deliberately. And he said in multiple interviews over the last 25 years that he, he had wanted to buy the license back because the license for Monkey Island ended up with Disney during a LucasArts mm. a- acquisition back in kind of like, uh, what would it be, kind of the 2010, 2011 or so? Because that would have what ended up with with um, the sort of the Star Wars reboots as well. Yeah. Uh, the second trilogy, I mean, third trilogy. Um, he wanted to buy the license back from Disney in order to tell the true Monkey Island 3 story. And then obviously we now know in the last year or so that he had been doing that behind the scenes over the last three years. He had bought the license back from Disney in order to release the sixth Monkey Island game, Return to Monkey Island, which came out in September last year. But what he has then gone on record as saying is that the plot of the sixth Monkey Island game is different. Even though it's a direct sequel to Monkey Island 2, it is different to what he had originally planned for Monkey Island 2 because what had happened is he he changed his mind a bit over the intervening years. Some of the ideas he yeah. had got for the third the true third Monkey Island game ended up being used in the actual Monkey Island 3 or even Monkey Island 4 or Monkey Island 5. Or he actually ended up using the ideas in Thimbleweed Park. So Monkey Island 6 is kind of a bit of a mishmash of kind of original ideas he had got for Monkey Island 3, but also other things from the intervening years as well. You are yet to play Return to Monkey Island. I am yet to play Return to Monkey Island. I know it's supposed to be very, very good. I really enjoyed it. Um, I can't obviously talk about it in too much detail because you haven't played it, but the game is noticeably of... It's noticeably a product of its circumstances. And What do you mean? I can't really... Well, well I you can't mean, really. You mean the circumstances without... how Monkey Island Two ends? Do you mean, or or? No, I mean the whole shebang. Like the fact the that shebang. it was it was twenty thirty years ago. Yeah. Uh, that the that that they ceased making Monkey Island games. That Ron Gilbert and Dave Grossman yeah. ceased making Monkey Island games. Um, and that um, there's been that that amount of time and that amount of human growth, um, mm-hmm. will lead inevitably to the artist of the 1990s being a completely different artist to the per, to that 
the artist of the 1990s being a completely different entity to the artist of 2022. Mm-hmm. So Dave Grossman and Ron Gilbert of 2022 are not the same. And therefore, the thing that they've made is is inevitably not the same as yep. they would have made then. Um, and it goes deeper than that, like in terms of in terms of what Return to Monkey Island actually ends up being and the story that it tells. There's a lot of meta commentary um, okay. in the game, I think. So yeah, I can't really go further than that without spoiling. No, that's absolutely fair enough. You, so I won't. Yeah. So you might be thinking, who the ruddy heck did do Monkey Island three then? And the project leaders on Monkey Island three were called Larry Ahern and Jonathan Ackley. Now both of them had previous at LucasArts. Apparently they were, well not apparently. I'll, I'll talk about their careers. Um, Ahern was an artist on Monkey Island two. So we had previous with the series as well. He became the lead animator on Full Throttle in 1996, which is another very well-regarded LucasArts game, which I've never actually played. Have you played it? Um, I started it and haven't really got through anything um, in it. But I do intend to. Okay. And uh, then he then went on to work on Curse of Island, Monkey Island 3. Uh, Jonathan Ackley was a programmer on Day of the Tentacle in 1993 and then moved on to this. So both of them were were known to LucasArts and obviously favoured yeah. by LucasArts. Interestingly, Jonathan Ackley, then after Monkey Island 3, stopped or wound down working with games. And he went on to work for Lego Mindstorms, which was, I think it was like the Lego Technic. It's the thing where you could like, it was almost like a robotics kind of kit, if I remember. And then... The most interesting thing about both of them is they both then went on to become Imagineers for Walt Disney World and were sort of masterminds for several of the rides and attractions from sort of like 20, sort of the mid to late 20 noughts, whatever you call them, onwards. Um, and only in the last couple of years have stopped doing that. But that's a pretty cool career trajectory to go from Monkey Island 3, Lego, to Walt Disney World. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a very... It's a very cool path. Yeah. I... Um completely see the lines as well like the three mm. lines make complete sense yeah so. the, the, the sense of play and, and interestingly i found a really in-depth interview with the pair of them which we'll put on the uh the description of this episode but jonathan ackley said that one of the things he always struggled with at LucasArts with their points and click games was having to click on an exit from an area and wait for your character to traipse across and go to that. So he was the person who masterminded the idea of double clicking to quickly leave an area. So any adventure game or point yeah. click game or certainly a LucasArts point click game that has that in is because of Jonathan Ackley, the person who masterminded and helmed Kirsten Carland. So that's cool. Mm. So I've talked already about the weird ending of Monkey Island 2, uh, the, the very famous unusual ending. So uh, Ackley and Ahern had the um, unenvious task of kind of picking up the third one with how the second one ends. And what they decided to do was just completely sidestep the ending and kind of yeah. go off on, on a completely different tangent. And it, the, the ending, uh, the opening, sorry, starts with Guybrush floating in the sea in a dodgem. And it's kind of alluded to that something's happened, but it's never explained what's happened. And in the same interview, um, Jonathan Ackley said that they, they didn't want to go back and address the ending because they were trying to sell it as a pirate game. And if people buy a pirate game, they want a pirate game. They don't want it to start with modern day kids at a weird carnival. So they wanted to lean straight into the piratiness from the off. And what they did was mm. they made the opening sequence as piratey as possible. I remember the opening bit, you've got there's, there's boats and you're loading up cannons to fire at uh, LeChuck's ships, I think. And they, they made that 
you know, really piratey and kind of um, doing sort of introducing the character, the um, player, sorry, to Guybrush. And then over the course of the game, the plot is then filled in as to what did happen between Monkey Island 2 and Monkey Island 3. I don't remember it really being explained very much. So it might have been quite broad brushstrokes or maybe kind of side sets completely. I really don't know. But um, that we was the intention. In, sorry. We played this in 2020 as part of our uh, adventure game revisitations. Okay. If that's the right way to say it. Um, and I still don't remember it particularly filling in the gaps right. of of that uh, of that period between the two games. Um, you're right about the first, like the opening sequence, that is pretty piratey. I think Lechuk's uh, laying siege to a town mm-hmm. and you have to drive him off in some ma- manner. Um, what, Wally? Wally turns up. Yeah, he's Wally's... On a, he's on one of... He's in the crew. Yes, that's right. Which I think is quite a smart move as well, because you're a character. I mean, Wally in Monkey Island 2 was such a great character. And then to have him straight away in the game, it's a nice way to to, uh, link it to the second one. For people that have played the second one, oh, there's Wally. And if people are new to the series, oh, here's a character who's... Where's Wally? Well done. (laughs) Lovely bit of business. And if people are new to the game, here we've got someone who's quite uh, quite a nice, um, identifiable character that you can easily kind of... that will, will explain things to you, I suppose. Yeah, there's also a very swift introduction to Murray, and oh, there's yes. a similar there's a similar situation, sort of going from Monkey Island three to Return to Monkey Island. I mean, um, I talked a little bit about Ron Gilbert and my understanding of Ron Gilbert's chagrin at uh, the situation, and not really n- not disliking, and actually in the end actively enjoying Monkey Island three, but um, Murray turns up in Return to Monkey Island. He's part of Return to Monkey Island. Yeah. So the way that... I mean, it kind of, it makes sense to borrow characters from Monkey Island 2 from Monkey Island 3. And they had every right to in, in very legal, mm. strictly legal senses. Um, but it was nice to see Ron Gilbert and Dave Grossman embrace the heritage of, of, of Monkey Island and especially to see characters like Mon- uh, like Murray return in Return to Monkey Island. Well, there are other characters in Curse of Island that, that pop up that were in the other two. But, they but are, Mur- there are, yeah. But, but Murray is definitely the breakout star. Murray is just such a great character. So anyone who hasn't played the game, uh, Murray is a character you meet very early on in the game who is hell-bent on world domination. He's really evil and, and uh, is just quite, quite a, a sinister chap. Uh, he is, however, a skull. And the, the joke is that uh, obviously he cannot achieve these goals because he is just a skull. And that, that gag is mined very much, but he is such a, a great character because he is, he just doesn't get the fact that, that this will never happen. And he popped, apparently yeah. he, um, he was initially only in the first scene of the game, but during testing, he was received so well by the people who were testing the game and during initial previews, etc., that they then added him into later sections of the, of Curse of Monkey Island. Does he oh, pop right, in the okay. fourth and that. fifth ones as well? Um, I honestly can't remember. Right. I wish I could. Sorry. That's all right. Uh, another thing with the opening sequence, I mean, obviously you've got the whole, um, at, at the end of the second game, Guybrush is a, as a child. And then suddenly at the start of the third game, Guybrush is about to be an adult and he's floating at sea in this dodge And I don't remember that ever been explained either. But one of the things I do remember about the opening sequence is the the art style i remember that and this can sound really odd i remember the clouds in particular the way the clouds are drawn they looked stunning and um the the 
the, the way the game looks, it looks like a like a, a film, like an animated film. You've um, the, the technological advances between 1991 and the beginning of the game being developed in mid 96 meant that they adopted this really cartoony cell animation style, and I think it just looks stunning. Yeah, it, I think it probably. Have you played this more recently? I haven't played this since probably about 2001, two, something like that. Okay, so inevitably, there's there's a distinct chance it still looks good. Okay, good. But there is a distinct chance that your brain has smoothed out the lines and pumped up the the color and right. so on. Um, was that your main takeaway from when you played it? No, no. My main takeaway was that it's an enjoyable romp. But alongside that, the initial um, response to it was this doesn't quite look as as perfect as I thought it did. Because okay. I was thinking the same thing. Like it, it feels like a really highly polished animated um, affair. But actually, it it rather than film animation, I would say it definitely lands in the Saturday morning cartoon right um, sort of sort of uh, space simply because it it doesn't it's not as polished as as i remembered it being okay it'd be amazing if we could if we started playing it today and i was like oh my god what was i talking about that would be cool <laughs> maybe like a triple a triple backflip <laughs> well I, I turned to my uh, art of point and click the bitmap book and had a look in that and there's an interview in that with bill tiller who was one of the maybe even the lead animator i can't quite remember and he said that his art style or the art style of the game was inspired by the little mermaid and what they had to okay. do for the game was they had to draw each individual frame by hand and it was then scanned into the game. So it literally, you know, the fact they were drawing these by hand, it was a, a cartoon film that then became a game, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. One of the things I do remember about the game play itself is how they, again, try and accommodate maybe newer players or maybe the the way the genre has evolved had evolved over the mid 90s is the way the gameplay itself has been simplified quite a lot so your traditional LucasArts point click games you've got the bank of verbs at the bottom and then you've got the inventory in the bottom right corner and the verbs was replaced in this by when you find something to, you want to interact with or some some one something you click on them and then it brings up a coin and the coin has got three pictures on there's a pair of eyes which I think is a skull yes yeah, a skull with a pair of eyes then there's a parrot which when you hover over the parrot it will then move its beak and then there's a hand and when you hover over the hand it turns into a fist and what these are is it boils down to that those are three things so the eyes are looking at something the mouth is talking to someone but you can also use it to eat things or taste things and then the hand is to push things is to pick things up etc and i think it's a really smart move to kind of all those verbs that had cropped up in previous games just to boil them down to those core three actions was a, a very clever have a move and you've also got the inventory down the bottom corner or maybe the top right corner i can't quite remember but it's a treasure chest in this so kind of again leading to that leading to that kind of piratey um mood uh, mode sorry they were going for apparently the the, the coin was based on a the uh, verb system used in full throttle as well but again i've not played that so i don't know yeah now the game had <clears throat> sorry try it again my voice went weird then okay back into it now the game had two different difficulties there was normal mode and there was mega monkey mode now mega monkey mode stymied me for not reasons of the game itself actually being more difficult on mega monkey mode you ready for the story this is, this is a really cool yeah, anecdote yeah. I'm, re- I'm ready right so pitch the scene late 90s that big shopping center in hull in Hull. which one princess the- key 
Prince's Key, yeah, in there. Um, young, young Chris, sort of 13, 14. There's a, that's I, you! That's, it's me. And there was a, The Works or something like that. So there's a, there's a, a bookshop and there was a, a PC guidebook and it had Guybrush on the front and it was down to like 99p or something. I thought, oh, this, this is, this is good. I'm going to buy this. And it had guides and cheats and tips for all sorts of PC games, the vast majority of which I didn't even own. But I thought, it's 99p. I'm not going to turn this down. So a white book. It was pretty thick. Sort of like A5 sort of size. Anyway, uh, a couple of years later, I then got Curse of Monkey Island. And I thought, hey, I'm, I'm in action now. I've, I've got a guide for Curse of Monkey Island here. I can whisk through this game. Um, started playing the game about an hour, half an hour, 45 minutes into it. There's a, It tells me how to solve a puzzle. It's to do with there's El Pollo Diablo. I remember this very clearly. The Devil Chicken, El Pollo Diablo. And there's a puzzle we have to do. There's like a, a tooth and a balloon. You have to get a, a tooth out of someone. And there's a balloon and some chewing gum, I think. Uh, and the guy told me you had to do this thing and then you had to do this thing and then do this thing. And I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't do it for love nor money. And I spent a good couple of hours trying to figure out what to do. And then eventually I figured out that the guide book, the guide, the walkthrough was written for the Mega Monkey mode. I was playing on normal mode and Mega Monkey mode isn't the more difficult one. The normal difficulty has some puzzles stripped out or changed slightly to make it more approachable. So uh shot myself in the foot there. Yeah, that's your own fault then, that one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Silly Billy. Silly Billy. Was that a good story? Yeah, yeah it, was it was fine. Passable. It was fine. Passable. <laughs> it's literally my, my abiding memory of the game is this guidebook. Because I, I kept reading the guide. I kept reading the walkthrough over and over thinking, this game sounds so good. This game sounds so good. And then, uh, yeah, shops on the foot. Anyway, move on, Chris. This is the 12th and final LucasArts game to use the Scum engine. And it's the first LucasArts game that was on CD-ROM, which meant they could use a amazing musical score. I've put in the word amazing there. I remember it being pretty amazing. There were animated cutscenes and also voice acting. First Monkey Island game with voice acting. Yeah, and that's another thing that um, was brought over in the um, in Return to Monkey Island and, and subsequent games. To be honest, Guy yeah. has always been it's Dominic Armato. Armato. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's voiced all Guybrush in all of them, and indeed the remasters of the first two as well. So he's yes. voiced Guybrush across all six games, and he is he is just brilliant. He really is Absolutely. brilliant as Guybrush. He is Guybrush. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you've got a lady called Alexandra Boyd who voiced Elaine Marley in this, and again in all subsequent games. And then there's Earl Bowen who voiced LeChuck again in all the games, including the remaster of the first two, who sadly died in early January this year. Also, weirdly, well, not weirdly, I, I went to I started again. I started looking into the voice actors and kind of, cause I didn't recognize the names of any of them, but you've got, there's the guy who voiced, uh, Mojo Jojo in Powerpuff Girls. Crop's been this. Yep. Also Gary Coleman. Um, I wish I, sh- I should know who Gary Coleman is. See the, uh, what are you talking about? Willis. That's the one. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. He's in this. I only, okay. I only actually know him. He was, it was it different strokes was different the American strokes, sitcom he was yeah. in, which I've never mm-hmm. seen an episode of. I just know him as a character and as a person from, he's been in the Simpsons a few times. And just the fact that that's a, it's a, it's a catchphrase that has just traveled Floats over, around. has traveled yeah. over this side of the ponds, despite uh, the, the program having not done. Uh, anyway, the, the, the plot of the game is that Guybrush is trying to lift a curse, put on Elaine while also being pursued by LeChuck. There you go. Tip that off. So I brainstormed all my my memories of the game, and I've got a list here. I've got Wally and Murray, which we've already talked about a bit. There is when you get off the first island, about a couple of hours or so into the game, there's a sequence that is 
a homage, I suppose, to the first Monkey Island game, which had the famous sword fighting. And this one, you've got there's couplets, and it's all about this, these pirates singing a song, and you have to they they sing the first half, the first past the couplet, and you have to find the couplet that joins. But the the clue is that each one rhymes. The developer said that this was a pain in the posterior to actually do because you had to think of these lyrics they had to rhyme they had to be piratey etc but what i remember is that the the song they do is just it, it's such good fun like it's just it's it's really really fun to play through and i i had a save right before this sequence and i used to, to load the game up and just play through the sequence because i enjoyed it so much we're probably not going to get to that point tonight and if we don't i'm going to watch it on youtube because it's bad okay but, there is the the ending of the game uh, had a bit of controversy. They've got this whole there's a sequence where there's a roller coaster that guy brushes on and LeChuck it kind of it stops off at different points where LeChuck is and you've got to sort of do battle with him. I can't quite remember the ins and outs of it. I just remember the guy brush being on the roller coaster bit. The the ending apparently after that bit, the game ends quite abruptly because um basically the the money dried up. So they they had plans for how the game was going to end and it just didn't quite come to fruition. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, the music of the game is by Michael Land, who did the first two games. So there's a bit of crossover there with uh, what sort mm. of linking to the heritage. I remember, the, as I said a few minutes ago, I remember the music of this game being really, really good. Yeah, across the series, I think it's good. Yeah. Uh, the game uh, sold well. Uh, kind of like you said about Mankind too, actually. The game sold well, but not remarkably, except, surprise, surprise, in Germany, where it sold like gangbusters. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. What, what is it? What is it with German? Good old Germany. Yeah. It's got a Metacritic review at the time of recording of 89 out of 100, and How Long to Beat has got a completion time of 7 hours 45, which I think seems very slim. I remember being a lot bigger than no, that. No, they're all generally around about that amount of really? time. Really? Yeah. Even sat with the guidebook for, between for this game? About, between about four hours and no. eight or nine. I, Come on. Between, between about, I, yeah, generally adventure games would sit around there for four to eight maybe ten for a long one oh, i remember this being like this this epic adventure across multiple islands and, and that's the... when you know what you're doing and can... yeah, but even even with the guidebook i remember you had taking... a guidebook yeah, yeah but even with that i remember it being a lot bigger i just remember the duck island do you remember that no you probably don't there's there's an island you go to and there's this whole thing about how it, it looks like there's the rocks and it looks like a looks like a whatever and you've been told how it's really really evil and then you get there and there's lightning in the background and it's that thing where it's like a bunny or you turn your head sideways it looks like a duck or vice versa and i remember guybrush saying it looks like a duck or a bunny and i remember finding that absolutely sizeblessly hilarious if you don't believe that it can be finished in seven hours you want to watch hannah blaze through it because she's played this I don't know how many times when she was younger and just polishes them all off. She click, in, click, 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 done. In a couple of minutes, I think. Well, here it usually is. The, the, when we've played through the first two Monkey Island games, I was I was like that with those two. This one, I played through a lot when I first got it, and then not very much since, which the, the other two I did revisit time and time again. So I think I'm going to find this one a bit more, uh, a bit more difficult this time around. Plus, I haven't got that guidebook anymore, so I'm going to be even more str- uh, struggling. Well, we should probably get going with it then. Yeah. Yo-ho-ho! 
Ho, ho, ho. No, it's not Christmas. No. No, you're, not you're supposed to say in a bottle of rum. A bottle of scum. Classic. Lovely bit of work. A bottle of bum? No, you're spoiling Ho, ho, ho in a bottle a of bum. A bottle of your mum. Oh, it's getting worse. I'll leave it there. Yep, please I had, do. I had fun. I enjoyed myself. <laughs> a, a bottle of fun. Yeah, yeah. A bottle... Mm, doesn't rhyme. <laughs> Ruined. <laughs> oh, great. Right, but but we're not here to, to, to do some linguistic wordplay. We're here to talk about Curse Monkey Island. Now we've played it. Yeah, played it. It's... Great. Monkey Island. It is Monkey Island. There's no debate in that. I mean, that's worth saying, to be honest, because of everything that you outlined. Like, it's not... Mm. It's not a step down... Mm, I don't know, actually. I don't know whether it's always... As good as the first two, writing wise, I think the writing wise sometimes feels a little bit. I don't know. Weak, it's uh, but it's I not was bad. By chuckling away quite a lot. Yeah, but even so, I still think that there's a degree of difference between the first two games and this one in in writing quality. Mm, respectfully disagree. You can still find it funny. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's. I'm not saying that it's bad by any stretch. I'm just saying. There is, you know, it doesn't hit difference. the highs. It doesn't. It's not as consistent, is what I would say. I think it's Fair. got some funny bits, but there's not the consistency that you get from mm-hmm. the first two. Okay. okay, that's all. I'm all not. Right. I'm not. I'm not really. I'm not. It's not slamming it, is it? No, no, no. It's say not slam. No, it's fine. No, it's, no, it's still alright. Yeah. I mean, Murray, Murray was great. Murray was just as good as I remember him being on that night about comedy. Like he, he was the the far and away the funniest character. I didn't get too much into dealing with Murray. I found him on the on the stick outside the voodoo lady's house, and I had I'm, a bit I'm floating. Of there. Do you find I him floating just outside? Knocked him the... straight off. Oh come on! I know I'm an idiot. Oh right, but okay. What can you do? Normally, my my mo for games much to hannah's chagrin is that i like to talk to everyone and exhaust all of the options talking every single conversation tree multiple times for some reason today i didn't do that i wasn't doing that right um my excuse is a bit tired and walking into a room walking into a barber's that's got four people in in real life when i feel like this (laughs) I'd have probably had the same response, which was, I don't want to talk to these people. So, yeah, so just, you know, just to, ex- just to explain that, slightly. there was a location in Puerto Pollo in Casamonkey Island where there were four characters all concentrated in one area. And I, I counted it was kind of, it was over half of the characters you could speak to at this point in the game were all in one room. And Ash and I both had the same reaction of just, Ugh. Like, because because I'm of a similar too bent. many people. I, it's it's too many people in one location. If they were in four separate locations, I would have been quite happy with that. But uh, it's very much just the way that I'm feeling right now, though. Yeah. And the I I'll be honest, I'm using it to cover an absolute travesty of a mistake because I just misclicked when I knocked Murray off. It was got it had nothing to do with my mood or temperament or lack of interest in talking to strangers. Just I a mistake. Just did a mistake. So yeah, silly Billy. What can you do? 
The clicking actually on that note, the control was really fluid. The clicking, yep. so you click once on the left mouse button and we'll click and hold it. And it brings up the coins for you to talk to, uh, touch something or look at things. And that is such a good way of doing it. it there's a lot yeah. of dragging down to the bottom of the screen and pressing your verbs. It's that the game is, is so smooth. And there's the little tweaks, like I mentioned in the first half, the double clicking to get across from one, if, if there's a red arrow to exit an area, just double clicking straight out the area. The game feels like it goes out of its way a lot to make it as enjoyable as experience as possible for the player. The Scum Engine had its place, but unfortunately for, for it, it also had its time. And mm-hmm. I have to say, I am glad to have moved into this sort of um, control scheme for adventure games. Broken Sword, which we talked about a little bit in relation to Tomb Raider, but we're going to talk about it again here. Broken Sword is... um, It was one of the first adventure games I played, and that's got a similarly um, fluent and fluid control scheme that is somewhat context-sensitive and and helps you along in that regard. And you can also skip out of scenes in the same way that you can can here. Right. So... Uh, going back to Monkey Island 1 and 2, where those uh, quality of life improvements aren't present, was a little bit jarring for me mm-hmm. back back in the olden days. And Curse of Monkey Island helps things along somewhat by having those quality of life improvements. It, it, is, it is good. And you said that they were sort of born, at, born here. Mm. Yeah, the uh, Jonathan Ackley was the person who said I came up with this idea because I wanted to make it as he said. He said he found it frustrating as a player himself having to click and watch his character go across to exit the scene. Like, why can't he just go away straight away? So that was where it came in. Although thinking about it, Broken Sword was I think came out slightly before this game, so maybe other people were having the same realization in separate studios. I'm sure Broken Sword was '96. Oh, I thought it was '97, but I could be wrong. Well, this was late 97. This came out October, November worldwide. So who knows? Maybe it's just something that two separate studios just have the same realisation rather than, you know, saying that one copied the other. Or maybe I've just misremembered. Maybe. That's a possibility as well. If I have, I I can only apologise. But yeah, it still had the the control scheme. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The art style, uh, we we had a bit of um, tussling about with it. So in Steam, it defaults to taking up the, the window goes up into full screen mode and actually points out that what you need to do is is shrink the screen down to make it more in line with what a CRT monitor from 1997 would have made it look like and actually while I, st- I did think the game looks really good in full screen mode having it shrunk down into that window mode did make it look a lot better the I mean we'll, I'll, I'll talk about the the art the um the animation itself in a, in a minute but the actual the, the look of the locations the backgrounds you're exploring um they are they are stunning they really are and i, I said in the first half about the clouds the intro sequence I, I just remember it's such a strange thing to to fixate on but i remember when i watched that that intro first time around i just thought the clouds looked so good i even to the extent where i used to draw pictures of of like beaches with those that style of cloud I used to copy because it's this really elongated exaggerated curves of them i, I just think it's great yeah it, the whole thing does look good. You described it as film-like, and I sort of tamped down the expectations a little bit. How do you feel having seen it in motion? What would you say? I think your summation of it being a Saturday morning animation as opposed to a full-blown studio animation is absolutely on the money. The The animation is good, but there's something a little bit not quite there with it and it's it is good but it's just not quite there 
I'll tell you what's not there. It's frames. Oh, okay. That's what's not there. It runs at 12 frames per second, which any um, self-respecting animation studio in the 90s wouldn't necessarily have entertained. Right. They were all, they were all sort of running at the standard um, 24, but you might find that they stretched the frames out a little bit when it came to the television semi-sequel week... Uh, Saturday morning cartoon versions of themselves. So, you know, like, like if the you're watching the Aladdin Groove Hercules yeah, School or whatever it was. Oh, yeah, I'd forgotten about that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, Aladdin or Hercules would also yeah. fit, fit that bill um, or or anything of that ilk. Um, then you might find that it's not quite the same as as its film, film brethren. Right, I didn't know um, that was the, the case. I th- I thought the animation in those were just it was it wasn't quite of the same quality, but literally is because they were halving the workload. To- no, they in the, I don't know I don't know the technical aspects of uh, the cartoons, but they certainly weren't drawing as many frames mm-hmm. as as they would for the films. Um, it was probably actually running at thirty frames a second because that's what television did run at for for a while. Um, so that's probably what they were they were okay. going for, but they weren't they weren't drawing thirty frames a second. Otherwise, that would have cost an absolute bomb. That yes. was what was that was what was uh, pricey in those days, paying mm-hmm. people to to draw all that stuff. So, um, yeah, some something lower, I would expect. But the actual art and style that's what's going on here. The actual art style itself, I think does look really good you said prepare for a bit of disappointment maybe i was really impressed by it. the the look and the the style of the characters that the way they're drawn I, th- I think it looks so good yeah so i said to you as well it would be nice if i came into this and was like ah actually i've been a little bit hard on it or whatever and i kind of do feel like i was being a little bit hard on it so there we go i i think shrinking it down last time we played this me and hanno we were playing it on a very large television and that obviously doesn't do it any justice it wasn't designed to be played on something massive it was designed to play on a 15 inch 17 inch maybe max screen that is running at 800 by 600 pixels or something Mm -hmm. i think it's um it's 640 by 480 or something like that, which is a standard definition, if you remember, 480i or 480p. Yep. So, yeah, it's it's not designed for high definition um, play. There are some things, because it's running in ScumVM, there are some things that you can fiddle around with in the background that can, that can make a slight, a very slight, very minor adjustment to the visuals. It's not really something that you could objectively say improves or or reduces the quality of the of the visuals um but you can make those adjustments what i would say is there are people doing some very interesting things with ai and i sent you one of those um and i think personally that the results of those are fantastic this particular person had upscaled it to full hd and they'd also increased the number of frames to 24 frames a second so a lot of the animation looked a lot smoother yeah whether they it was only the beginning of the game whether they'd be able to do that for the whole game and get the same good results that they got is another matter because obviously the animation in cutscenes is very different kettle mm-hmm. fish to the animation in in play um and i i'm dubious as to what the results would be in play 
but there is room for improvement certainly and i've shown you it maybe that youtube video should be something we put in the uh, the uh, the yeah, description maybe. as well so that people can click yeah. if they're interested i think it's objective as well i'm sure that there'd be people that look at that and say that's not for me i i don't like that but i'm not one of those people i actually think that the improvements that are made in there are are just that they are improvements also a quick mention we talked about the comedy already but just while we're talking about the intro cutscene as well um some really good jokes in that and also the, the script as well was was very well written i thought yeah i mean we sort of touched on that at the beginning it's it's not i don't think as consistent as uh as the first two games but in and of itself it's good and it introduces characters like murray who do have who who do provide the highs yeah um and it also incorporates the older characters guybrush being one of them elaine being one of them um wally being one of them Lechuk being one of them like it, it definitely the people writing this definitely understood the characters that they were writing existing ones and new ones and they did they did them justice but but more so than that within that intro as well you've got the voice acting and the voice acting straight away it it yeah. is absolutely note perfect all of those characters there's you've got Guybrush Elaine and Lechuk in that first sequence Wally pops up after a bit of gameplay he's in another sequence but the voice acting for those three is is incredible absolutely incredible it is exactly how i imagined those characters would have sounded casting director on fire when yeah. they were casting those those people but throughout the game i think everybody's just really on on it yeah so. yeah i suppose actually yeah, you're right all the other subsequent characters are voiced as well but uh yeah this it's it's brilliant absolutely brilliant yep true uh the music really got me in the feels as well it was it it felt like the classic Monkey Island music but sort of ramped up a bit that felt like a bit more instrumentation in and it, it's again I mean I remember saying for the previous two episodes on uh, Monkey Island games how good the music was this one again delivers there's a wistfulness to the yes Caribbean uh, theme that plays from the beginning and I don't know where why I really don't know why but it feels like a return sort of situation um I wonder whether that was on purpose. Like it feels like it's taking you back to something that you were that you knew before. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah, completely. Yeah. Um I've picked up on it before, but I, I don't know whether it was intentional and I certainly don't know whether it's something that's coming from me that I'm projecting. Sorry, I thought I thought you finished then. Right, um uh, I have. right. You have, yes. Um I'm going to mention a few more. Is there anything else? Obviously, it's off mic now. Is there anything else you want to talk about in terms of the game? No. Nope. No? Okay. Uh, I'm being quick... led by you, really. I'm... Okay, fair enough. Quick mention of the plot. Um, it is very vague. I don't think really the start of the game is explained why Guybrush is in the dodge room, which I said is, is what their intention was. There's a, a conversation that Guybrush has with the voodoo lady where he starts telling her how he got off the island and she cuts him off and says that she's not interested or something, which made me laugh. But I also think was a, a nod from the people making the game as to how, yeah, we're, we're not going to tell you what's happened, which is what sort of what you said was what you Yeah, remembered. I think that's the running joke through the game. I, I think you're I possibly right. Yeah. Um, also, something I, I meant to say in the first half I forgot about was the the clock in Puerto Pollo, the, the town of um, Plunder Islands that you wash upon at the start of the game. Uh, the clock syncs up with Windows, so it, it actually has the time 
that you're currently playing the game at is showing on the clock, which I think is, I remember thinking back in the day is a really cool feature. I still think it's a really cool feature. Also to the point where when I was playing, um, it was half past the hour and the clock started chiming. Um, Lovely feature. That's, that's cool. Yeah, that is cool. It's interesting. We talked as well while playing about Elaine as a character. And I said that, I mean, coming off the back of us talking Tomb Raider a couple of weeks ago, that Elaine feels a lot more of an adventurer than Lara Croft did at all in any bit of Tomb Raider we played. She feels like a, a, a more rounded character as well, and someone that I genuinely believe could fight her way out of a tomb, more so than I think I felt Lara could while playing that as well. Yeah, more of a human being. Yes, yes, I think so. Yeah, than a caricature. I, I think that's a valid thing to say. She certainly, They certainly play that up in the beginning. There's the conversation between her and Lechuk as they're firing cannonballs at one another. Which is funny um, as well. Yeah, and actually that, that dialogue between them is, is funny in, in itself. She is explaining very clearly and coherently why you should just bugger off. And he is simply not getting the message. It, it, at one point he, I think, laments, why doesn't, why can't you just speak clearly? Or why can't you just yeah. say what you mean? And she is very emphatically and very cogently saying what she means, um, which is, relevant now in exactly the same way that it was relevant uh in the 90s um so they they set her character up to be that um s- s- more rounded more um more positive representation of a woman yeah. and yet she still gets turned into gold and and kidnapped so she still ends up fulfilling that role of damsel in distress so yeah it's a bit swings and roundabouty, swing swing and roundabouty. I don't know how to say that phrase phrase in a in a singular, but you get the drift. And I suppose, well, it is that Lechuk is trying to capture so he can marry her, and Guybrush yeah. is wandering into what well, not literally wandering, but he he appears on the scene because he is also in love with her, and wants to marry her, and it's that her purpose is to be married off to one of these two characters. Yeah, she. Elaine has kind of always booked against that and she's always like it's Elaine that saves Guybrush in the first game. Yes, true so actually. There's there's a degree of there's a degree of playing with the trope, but there's also a degree of leaning into the trope at the same time and yeah. the the tension between them isn't always the most comfortable I don't feel. Mm. Cuz well, they is... do always uh, the reason being they do always fall back into the trope. So they're like, haha, we're we're aware of ourselves. We're aware of the the trope of damsel in distress. And we're 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 not so silly as not to be not to be knowledgeable about it. But also damsel in distress, see you yeah. later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was also actually on that note, um, I, I mentioned, I, I said to you about Our Flag Means Death, which uh, my wife and yeah. I have finished watching the last couple of weeks, because that is a parody comedy uh, drama, um, but also has that has very good representation of all different um, sexualities, genders in there as well. It, it's it's If anyone's listening and hasn't heard of it or watched it, it's well, well worth a watch. Brilliant, brilliant show. So uh, yeah, I, I feel like between watching that recently and playing this, I've uh, had my fill of, of pirates media recently. You've done it to yourself, mate. I, I really have, I know. Just because it's March, apparently we have to talk about pirates. Not oh. even International Pirate Day. I don't <laughs> understand your brain. <laughs> I did wonder when I mentioned that the first time, I thought, oh, he's, he's not, he's not uh, remonstrated me too much about that. But uh, there we go. 
Right, is there anything else you want to say about the game before I move into the, the wrapping up portion? No. No, okay. There's plenty I want to say about you. Well, yes, but that's that's for another time. Uh, apparently after the game came out, they started development of a Monkey Island movie and some... Monkey Island poovy. Yeah, well, I kind of pro- know about this, actually. Probably, yeah. Which would have been quite nice to, to come around because the game was initially based on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, which then got turned into a movie, and people said that there were some parallels between the plot of the first Pirates of the Caribbean film and sort of the the feeling of Monkey Island. Um, It was going to be an animated film, but actually based on the curse of Monkey Island was what the initial kind of forays into it were, uh, but it got cancelled. Yeah, that is probably for the best in a number of ways, especially I didn't realise that it was going to be based on the curse... uh, Based on Curse of the Monkey Island. Yeah. Curse of the Monkey Island? Curse of Monkey Island. Yeah, it seems surprising they'd go for this third one as opposed to going back to the start of the story, but who knows? It's almost certainly a rights-based or synergy-based issue. You're like, probably right. Oh, we can tie it directly into this game that's about to release, even though it's the yeah. third in a series. Yeah. So. Yep. Um, as we said a few times the first half as well, we talked about the subsequent games. So there was the fourth one was called Escape from Monkey Island, came out in 2000. And then Tales of Monkey Island was 2005, which is an episodic um, series. Was it Telltale Games did that? Yes. Yes. And then 2022, last year, we had Return to Monkey Island, helmed once again by Ron Gilbert. At the time of recording, this one, Curse of Monkey Island, is available for £5.19 on Steam, but it's been available for as little as like, £1.60 at various times. Yeah. And there's a bundle available of and all the games. And given away. Yeah, and given away as well, of course. Um, it's also on Good Old Games for the same price. Uh, there's a bundle on Steam that has all uh, six games. It was about £30 or something where I looked earlier, which I think is very good value for money. But... Um, uh, they're, they're all very frequently on sale, so uh, go seek it out, basically. And the yep. other ones as well. Agreed. Yeah. The, the end. end. That was weird. We both said the end at the same time. In, yep. Very weird. Uh, thank you for sticking to one, two, three. The end. Oh, try again. Uh, just say it again, and I'll t- I'll pop it in. The end. Brilliant. Well done. Um, I'm not going to pop it in. I'm just going to leave it like that. Cool. Uh, thank thank you for sticking to the end. Uh, if you want to come and tell us how wrong we've been about various different things or how much you enjoyed the episode, we are available on different uh, social medias like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and YouTube to varying degrees, to be honest. But there we go. Um, we will be back again for another episode next week and um, hopefully you'll stick to the end of that one too. See you later. Yo-ho-ho! Ho.